Welcome to the Smart Weight Loss Coaching Podcast. I'm Dr. Lisa Olson, a board-certified weight loss medicine specialist and certified life coach. In this podcast, I'll share fresh insights and effective techniques for incorporating mindset, habit change, and proven science into your life. Are you ready to achieve sustainable weight loss, wellness, and longevity? Then let's jump in and lose weight the smart way. Today, we're going to talk about how to set a weight loss goal. Why talk about something so basic? Because I see many people quit working on their health and their weight because they've set the wrong goal. Let me explain. Perhaps you have a special number in mind. Maybe you'd like to reach the weight you were when you graduated from high school or college or when you got married or the weight you maintained in your 20s or before you had kids. Do you have some ambitious number in mind that you'd like to achieve? If so, let me ask you, what bubbles up for you when you think about that number? We're all different, so of course, I don't know what you think about your dream number, but I'll tell you that many women I work with use their dream number almost as a way to punish themselves. They choose a number so aggressive that it feels like an impossible achievement, and then when they step on the scale, they beat themselves up for not achieving this glorious pinnacle of weight loss. Anything short of that holy grail number is a failure. Stepping onto the scale almost becomes a moment of anguish. It's like proof that you're a failure. Sometimes that anguish exists even for people who are doing a solid job with their behavioral changes and are on track to lose their excess weight. But because weight loss often happens slower than expected, people don't see that they're actually doing well. Sometimes people choose a number on the scale and a date or event. I'm going to lose 50 pounds by my birthday or something like that. I can't tell you how often I hear weddings as the driver for weight loss, not just for the bride, but for everyone in the wedding party, everyone in the family, and everyone in the audience for the wedding. I'll lose 30 pounds by the wedding, or I'll lose 40 pounds by the summer, I'll lose 60 pounds before our trip to Italy next year. Here's the problem with a number on the scale goal. We can't predict how quickly our bodies will respond to the changes we make. We also can't predict which changes will have the biggest impact and which won't budge the scale much at all. We also can't know when we're going to hit a plateau, and despite doing lots of things right, the scale isn't going to give it up for us. We might be eating beautifully and exercising, but we're barely sleeping and our stress levels are through the roof. That impacts weight, and it's harder to factor that in when you've set a specific number on the scale goal. So why would we set a goal of losing 30 pounds for a wedding when we have no idea how our body is going to respond to our efforts? I used to always make weight loss goals for myself as a teenager, completely unrealistic goals considering the way I was trying to lose weight. Five pounds a month seemed like a lame goal, so why not 10 or even 20? I clearly had no idea how weight loss worked back then, and I don't think I was alone. 
Now I have the amazing advantage of watching hundreds of people lose weight and seeing why some people are successful even when they've never lost weight before. What I've learned from working as a weight loss physician for over a decade is that setting goals around behaviors is infinitely more helpful than setting a number on the scale goal. You should definitely use behavioral goals to drive that 30-pound weight loss that you desire, but it's a lot easier if your focus is firmly locked onto the behaviors themselves. And by the way, if you're not writing down your behavioral goals and tracking your progress electronically or on paper, you're missing an easy opportunity to amplify your success. Write it down. Write it down. Celebrate your victories along the way. Let's say you want to lose weight and decide that a helpful behavior might be to rethink your drink, which is one of my favorite goals for the women in my program. I love this one because what we regularly drink has a big impact on our weight and our health. You might start with an aspirational goal to drink water with all of your meals rather than other drinks, or perhaps you aim to drink your morning coffee black by the end of the year. We can then break that down into smaller goals, like little stepping stones on our path forward. First, you might make a plan to practice drinking your coffee with actual milk and sugar, rather than an ultra-processed French vanilla coffee mate creamer that's filled with weight gain chemicals. (laughs) I know I'm often picking on this product, but that's because I think it has single-handedly driven clients to my business. So many people drink French vanilla or hazelnut coffee mate creamer. It doesn't even contain cream. It's a Nana Flip, a non-nutritive food-like product. (laughs) I'd love to put them out of business for what coffee mate does to people. Really toxic. Rethinking your drink is a challenging goal for people who are used to their coffee tasting like a dessert. So, if that's the behavioral goal you've set, make it easier by breaking down the goal. Maybe you'll start by drinking your coffee with milk and plain sugar for a month or two and then regroup to move to the next step. On a side note, I find it fascinating how much sweeter. Stevia, Splenda, Equal, and Sweet and Low are compared to plain table sugar. Many people find that sugar, plain old sugar, isn't sweet enough for them anymore when they're used to these hyper-sweet products. So, if you can't tolerate plain sugar in your coffee or tea, or in your cereal for that matter, you might use artificial sweeteners as an interim step And then you can set the goal of moving from those to regular sugar next. Once you make the switch from the intense sweetness of these flavor enhancers to table sugar, then perhaps your next step will be reducing the amount of sugar you use. Eventually, the next goal is to cut out all sugar and artificial sweeteners. Enjoy it with milk for a while and then turn your attention to that. You might dial back the milk in your coffee slowly until you're drinking plain black coffee. It may take a little time, but you'll find that eventually the ritual of morning coffee tastes delicious again. Importantly, there's no rush to any of this. I never sweetened my coffee, but I used to use cream or milk. It was surprisingly easy to cut that out once I made up my mind that I was going to practice drinking it black. For a few months, I drank less coffee. That's true, because I didn't enjoy it as much. But now I love my morning coffee again. 
just took some time and patience. That was just one way to approach the rethink your drink goal, by the way. By making it all about the behavior change and not about what's happening on the scale, it takes the pressure off. It might take six months before the scale reflects the fact that I'm no longer drinking coffee that tastes like a coffee-flavored dessert, but eventually the scale will respond. It's completely relatable that waiting months to see the scale respond to a change can be discouraging. People think, I'll never lose the weight because I haven't lost a pound yet, and it's taken me months to make this one change. Listen, it might take months for each change, but when you start with changes that have a big impact, like something you eat or drink every day, the scale will eventually come around to reward you for that change. Over time, just start stacking these changes up and notice all of the progress you're making. These are your victories, the steps like getting rid of creamer in your coffee. Write them down and celebrate them. The challenge is staying patient while you rack up enough of those victories to start moving the scale. What if I told you that you would definitely lose the 40 pounds you'd like to lose, but that it would take you four years to get there? your rational brain might say, yes, let's do this. Let's get started right away. It's worth being patient to lose those 40 pounds the smart way and to keep them off. But the more emotional side of our brain says, only 40 pounds in four years? Forget it. And then we keep spinning in frustration and never make any changes that will help with weight loss. The good news is, You're in charge of your thoughts. You can choose them intentionally. So choose wisely because your brain is listening. If you choose a thought like, I'm going to work on this for as long as it takes and I can be patient. I'll determine when I'm making progress. It's not the job of the scale to tell me that. Then you'll transform your relationship with the scale and with weight loss in general. That thought creates a feeling of confidence. And it's a more relaxed thought, right? More relaxed. What do you think happens when you choose a thought like this? I did everything right for two weeks straight and the scale didn't budge. Something's wrong with me. I'll never lose weight. That thought makes you feel broken and defeated, right? And when you feel broken and defeated, you certainly don't feel like going for a brisk walk after dinner tonight. Let's think about your NBA, your next best action. Consider one goal you'd like to accomplish. And this is not a number on the scale goal. You're too smart for that. Just one behavioral change that will put you on track towards your goal. And then let that change simmer. It will get easier over time. Believe that stacking up changes month after month will impact the number on the scale eventually. And then... Listen to your future self, the self that encourages you to stick with it without quitting prematurely or before you even start. Quitting before you start or because the pace isn't fast enough ensures that you'll never reach your goal. What's your MBA today? Choose one with our theme of how to set a weight loss goal in mind. How about stepping on the scale weekly and deciding in advance what you're going to make it mean? Decide in advance that it's just a number and that you're not giving away all of your power to the scale. 
that you'll decide when you're doing well with your behavioral and nutritional goals and that the scale doesn't dictate that. And the next time you catch yourself setting a weight loss goal that's just a number, come on back and replay this episode. We're here for you. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like more support during your smart weight loss journey, check out our group coaching program at smartweightlosscoaching.com. Until next time, stay well and stay smart. Smart.